I greet the church in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lift up Christ. Amen. Tell the world. Lift up Christ. I would like to just give a special warm welcome to our guests and visitors from overseas. I must say that uh, I'm very nervous about this. I never thought that I would preach in front of uh, people who come from overseas. Uh, but then I then resolved in my heart that perhaps God is preparing me for greater things. And this is just a practice session. Come on, somebody out there. Um, I just want us to read in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 and 5. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4 and 5, it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Then verse 5 says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. May the good Lord bless the ring of his word now forever. Let us close our eyes as we pray. Lord, who am I to stand in this place? For I'm undeserving, I'm unworthy. I am a sinner, Lord, and I cannot address your people, Lord. But thank you very much for allowing me to be your mouthpiece right now. So please use me as your vessel so that whatever you want to relate to your people today, that it may reach their hearts and may give them the hope that they need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, hey, there's no water today. Uh, usually there's water here and I can already feel my throat is very dry. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry for, for something like I'm demanding. I'm very nervous to be here. But we are in Revelation chapter 1, verse uh, 21, verse 4 and 5. It says that there will be no more death, no more crying, no more tears. And then at the end of it all, it says, for these words are trustworthy and true. And so this is a promise that has been given to us. And at the end of the promise, God says to us that we need to trust in this promise. And so we ask ourselves, why should we trust in God's promise? Why should we trust in God himself? And so for that, you need to first figure out the definition of what trust is. I checked my dictionary and it told me that to trust in someone, it is to believe strongly in them and not doubt and not doubt their power and their good intentions. So in trust, there are two elements which are brought forward. One, it is ability, capacity or power, and the second one, thank you very much, and the second one is good intentions. For the purpose of uh, this discourse, uh, perhaps we will say character. So in order for trust to exist, there needs to be power or ability and capacity to do, and then there needs to be character to be able to do as you say you will do. So one, if one does not exist, one cannot exist without the other. If one exists without the other, then trust cannot be established. So for example, if I lend you some money, if I lend Utanzevo some money, I lend Utanzevo some money because I know that he is working at the moment. And so if I give him the money, I expect him to pay me back because he has the capacity or the ability. However, if he is someone who is not trustworthy, or if he is someone who lies 
and someone who does not pay back money and which has been lent to him, then he will not be able to give me that money even though he has the capacity or the ability. So he has the ability but he lacks the character which means that trust cannot exist. But if you look at the other way around whereby you give someone who is trustworthy like myself, someone who is a good person, you give me the money uh, but I don't have a job and I that means that I don't have the capacity to pay, to pay you back that money. So even though I may have the intention to pay you back because I'm a good person, but because I lack the capacity to pay you back, I cannot pay you back, which means that trust also cannot exist in that circumstance, which means that human beings cannot be trusted. Because human beings don't have the capacity or the ability to do everything, and sometimes their character fails. Which means that you can only trust human beings in particular circumstances or situation. Which means your trust in a human being is not something that is continuous, but it is dependent upon a particular circumstance. So for example, Usistan um, asked me sometimes to do some posters for the church. And she asked me because I, I have the ability to, to make posters. And when she asked me to deliver a poster, uh, maybe by Friday, she knows that I will deliver it uh, by Friday. She trusts me that I will deliver it because I have the ability to deliver it and also because my word is true enough that I will be able to deliver it when I say or when she expects me to deliver it. And so these two elements exist and so she can trust me. But it is only in that context. If Usistande uh, was told that she had to choose someone, right now if she had to win, uh, they gave her like one million to, to, as a prize, and it is contingent on someone being able to catch Untego if he had to do a trust fall. I can tell Usistande, Uti, Usistande, trust me, I'll be able to catch Untego. Do you think she would trust me? Why? Say, what can you come here so that they can see you? I don't think. <laughs> so, so this is Ntigo. If I had to tell, ask Ntigo to turn around and then do a trust fall, and I'm like, sister, then trust me, I'll be able to catch Ntigo so that you can win a million dollars, a million rand. I'm sorry. So. So do you think she would be able to trust me? Yes, I would want to catch Ntigo. I would want to have, I have the intention to what? To catch Ntigo. But I don't have the strength to be able to catch Ntigo. So in that particular circumstance or situation, she cannot trust me. So she can trust me when it comes to posters, but she cannot trust me when it comes to doing this trust fall. And so human beings can only be trusted according to particular circumstances, dependent upon their ability to do something in that particular circumstance and also their character in that particular situations, in that particular situation. But there's something that I'm told is that you can trust someone 
in all circumstances and in all situations. That you can trust someone regardless of the circumstances which you are going through. And that person is Jesus. My Bible tells me in Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Character. That Jesus can do all things. That all things might be impossible with human beings, but all things are possible with God. And that's ability and power. So if God has the power to do everything and anything, and God is never changing, in ever changing circumstances, that means we can trust in God in all situations and in all circumstances because he is worthy to be trusted. So there is someone you can trust. Jesus. The song says it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. It is sweet because when we place our trust in Jesus, we know that we won't be let down. Unlike human beings who might fail us, God will never fail us. Some people say he's a God who fails to fail his people. And so I can put my trust in that kind of God who fails to fail us. And so when we are given this promise that we need to trust in it, that means we've established that God is worthy of being trusted. But what does trusting in God do for us? And then perhaps we can go to Matthew chapter 5. It says, somewhere in the Beatitudes, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom. Now this is almost like a paradoxical statement or verse here. It says, Blessed are the poor, for they will inherit the kingdom. So let us establish something. These people are blessed because they will inherit the kingdom. They have not inherited it yet. Yet they are blessed in its absence. They are poor, which means what blesses them, their current circumstance or situation opposes their blessedness. Uh, are you with me? So, so let us just try and break it down. How are they blessed by what they have not received? How are they blessed by what they have not yet received? How are they blessed in the presence of what opposes their blessedness? And it reminds me of a time whereby uh, I was asked actually, somebody asked me to do a mini documentary for them. And then they promised me uh, a certain amount of money uh, after I, I do the job. And because of my excitement, I did not wait for the money. I, I started to, to budget. Uh, I did not even budget. I started to spend that money even though I had not received it yet. So case in point, I started to, to go to my um, online uh, apps and started to fill my cart up. I asked my sisters, what do you guys want? I'll buy it for you and things like that. And I even, I even uh, asked someone out. Uh, to, I took someone out. I don't read too much into that. I took someone out uh, and, and had a great time and enjoyed my time with them. I, I had no money at that point, but I asked uh, someone to just, my, my sisters to, to, to be specific, to give me the money because I was expecting money to come in at the end of the month. So my actions did not reflect my bank account. I was acting as someone who had money in their account. And so I was uh, living life 
not because of what was in my bank account, but because of the promise that was given to me that the money is coming. So I had a great time. In while I went out with that person, we had some fun and enjoyed our time there. But I, I did not have any money, but I still enjoyed my time with them because of the promise that had been given to me. Oh, the money is coming at the end of the month. And so we are blessed. And, and you ask yourself, why did I trust or why, why did I spend this money even though I had not received it? Why did I behave as if I had already received the money? That's because I knew this man. This man had asked me to do something before and I did it and he paid me. So I knew that if I did it, if I did another job for him, he would pay me again. Which means that he had proven himself trustworthy. Which means that I did not need to receive what he had promised me for it to bless me. And so it blessed me in its absence because, of, because I trusted in him or his ability to fulfill his promise. Now, financially savvy or not, uh, that does not matter. But there is something beautiful there in that we are able to get blessed by God's promises. Not because we have received it, but because he has promised them. And so because he has promised them, it is as if they are already delivered to us. Because God is true or worthy enough to be trusted. Because when he says he will do something, he will, he will, it's as good as if it is done. Because he, he does as he says he will do. And so they are blessed in the absence of what blesses them. Because of the promise. But not because of the promise, but because of the one who has promised it. The Israelites were in the desert. And they were in the desert walking towards the promised land. You would look at the Israelites and perhaps think, who are these people? Little do you know that these Israelites have been made a promise that they will be inheritors of the land. And perhaps, let me just share something with you. There's a, a legal principle in the law of contract uh, called constitutum possessorum. Ah, come on, come on, somebody out there. Constitutum possessorum. Ish. Yeah, 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 you guys are confused right now. But let me just break it down. So, 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 so this legal principle says that if, if we are entering into a, a contract uh, whereby I buy your property, so I buy your property, but you retain possession of it, which means that, uh, I, that, that I become the owner of the property, but then you stay there and you become my tenant and I become the landlord. Do, do you get it? Yeah. And so at the end of the month, you will pay me my rent. I do not need to possess that property for me to benefit from it. But because I am the owner of it, I have the title deed, it blesses me even though I am not in possession of it. And that's how God's blessings work. That's how God's promises work. In that even though we are not in possession of them, they still continue to benefit us even though we have not yet inherited them. By virtue of the fact that he has promised us, we already have the title deed to them and we just need, you only need to just possess them. 
So the Israelites were walking in the desert, going to Canaan land. They had not yet possessed the promised land, but they already had a title deed. And so they were blessed by the promise because they were now uh, owners of the Canaan land, of the promised land which was promised to them. And so, when we have not yet received God's promises, that does not mean we need to give up on God. Because those promises can continue to bless us even though we have not yet possessed them. We have the title deed. And so, uh, the other conundrum that we are facing now is to answer the question, how are they blessed in the presence of what opposes their blessedness. They are, they are blessed, yet uh, they, they are poor. Um, and so you ask yourself, how are they blessed in the presence of what opposes their, blessed, their, their blessedness? And this is very interesting, in that sometimes God's promises, we we'll look at God's promises, and He will promise us something. And when we look at the promise, and we look at our current circumstance or situation, it opposes what God has promised us. The children of Israel were told that they were going to go to a land of milk and honey, filled with milk and honey. But when you looked at their current situation, they were in the desert. And in the desert, it's not the most pleasant place. They were living in tents. And there was, there was no milk there. There was no honey there. And so their current situation or circumstance opposed the promise that God had given them. In fact, even David himself, he was given a promise, he was anointed and was told that you will be the king of Israel. And so David, you would think Uti would expect him to be king at that very moment. But he had to wait. And when he had to wait, he had to go through certain situations and circumstances. He, his life was pursued. He was in life-threatening situations, left, right, and center. And so he might have asked himself, how am I going to be king if I am dead? How am I going to uh, reach or fulfill the promise of God if I am not there to, to, to witness it myself? And so sometimes our situations will seem to oppose our, our, pres our present situation will seem to oppose the future promises that God has given to us. And so how do we hold on in those promises while we see the present situations opposing our current situation, our, our future promises? That's a question. Uh, I did not word it properly. Um, but but, but there, there is something that I want to answer. The first thing is why do we go through these things that seem to oppose what God has promised for us? And then there's a... Um, have you ever ran, ran um, for a long, a long time without any water? When, when you run, you, you, you are out of breath and you, you come, you, the first thing that you want to do is Drink some water, right? If I give you water on a normal day just now, you perhaps won't drink it uh, or will look at me confused. But if you run a long distance without any water and you come here and then I give you this water, you will appreciate it 
more than you would have appreciated it if you had been sitting here. And so, sometimes God will allow us to go through circumstances and situations because He knows that when we receive those blessings, we will appreciate the, the process or the journey that they had to take in order for us to receive those blessings. If we had received those blessings without going through those circumstances or situations, then we would squander them. Then we would not appreciate them. But we had to go through the desert before we reached Canaan land so that we can appreciate the milk and the honey of Canaan land. We had to go through long, sleepless nights of studying in order for us to find joy in the degree that we have been given. And so sometimes we will have to go through certain, certain situations and circumstances in order for us to fully appreciate the blessings or the promises that God has prepared for us. Amen. And so when you are going through these situations, do not worry too much because God is just giving you the, that opportunity so that you will one day appreciate fully the promises that he has given to us. And then the second question is, why? Why do we go through things? Or how are we supposed to hold on to God's promises while we go through these things? In Exodus chapter 3, when God is calling Moses, God tells Moses, that when you're about to go there, when you go to Egypt to get my people out of there, this is how you know that I am with you. Is that when you go there, you will come and get my people out of there. And on this very mountain, you will worship me. So God was telling Moses essentially that as you are going there, already you have victory guaranteed. Already you are going there with victory in mind. And later on, you find the Israelites having gone out of Egypt, having gone uh, through the experience of defeating the Egyptians. They come as God had said, and then they sing a song of victory. But God had already told Moses before he went into the battle that you will be victorious. And so when you come back here, you will sing a song of victory. And so... Last year, in, in, in December, in December, we were watching the World Cup. It was the final, France versus Argentina. I was supporting Argentina at that time. And that was the worst game and the best game I've ever watched in my life. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Because Argentina, every time Argentina would score, uh, France would equalize. And so we never, we were uncertain of the result. And because we were uncertain of the result, we were sitting on the edge of our seat. And as a matter of fact, I was not even watching that match. I was looking away constantly because I did not want to see what was going on. And when the penalties came, I remember we were sitting with my friends um, and they were watching uh, the penalties. It was very silent in the taxi. I looked outside. I, could, I did not even want to hear anything. I closed my ears. I did not want to look. I was uncertain of the result. But at the end of the day, Argentina won the World Cup. Hallelujah. Amen. But I am not there. At that time, I could not watch that World Cup final because I was uncertain of the result. But now, when I watch or re-watch that World Cup, I come sitting with my popcorn, sit down comfortably, 
not at the edge of my seat, but sitting like a king, watching the World Cup comfortably. I do not look away when France equalizes. As a matter of fact, I laugh to myself because I know that we have victory at the end of it all. And as the match continues, and as it goes to the penalties, I do not even go away. I want to sit and watch the whole thing because I know that at the end of it all, that Argentina will come out as victors. No matter what happened during the match, no matter the goals or whatever it is, I was not worried anymore because I was certain of the victory that was going to come at the end of the match. And so more God was telling Moses that don't you worry, the result is certain. As you are about to go in there, you are already victorious. And I'm here to tell you today that when we fight or when we enter the battlefield, we are already fighting from the perspective of victory. As we are about to go in there, we need not worry about what is going to happen, regardless of the circumstances which may seem like they oppose us, or which may seem like they will let they will make us or defeat us. We need not worry because victory is guaranteed at the end of it all. And so we must sit comfortably in our situations, in our circumstances, knowing very well that victory is already guaranteed. For we fight from victory. As a matter of fact, when you when you read the song of Moses and Miriam, it tells of the experience that they had come from. They detail what happened as they had gone from that battle. That Pharaoh came, but he was overcome by the by the seas and everything. And so these experiences that we go through are merely lyrics that we shall sing when we sing our song of victory. Amen. So these experiences that we go through, yes, they are tough. Yes, they seem like they will defeat us. But don't you worry. Those are just God's, God, God is just giving us lyrics that we shall sing when we shall sing the song of victory. If the Bible says that one day we shall sing a song that even the angels will not know. The song that is unique to us because of our experiences for those tests that we are going through shall become testimonies one day. Our message shall become a message which we shall sing one day as part of our song of victory. Amen. So why should you hold on as you're going through these things which seem to oppose God's promises. Simply because these are just, uh, because we are fighting from victory. And these are just experiences which will one day become our testimonies. And so we've established why we should trust in God. Because he has the ability, the capacity, and he is trustworthy. His character is, is trustworthy. And his promises are true. He says something and then he does it. And what do those promises do for us? They bless us in their absence. And so when we read Revelation chapter 21, there's a promise there. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things 
has passed away. And it says, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Let me tell you something. A promise has been given to us that what we are going through today is nothing for there is a land that is coming. There is going to come a time when we shall be our tears shall be wiped from our eyes where the pain of today shall not be shall not be measured because we will experience a time when we shall not feel any more pain and so even though right now your present situation or circumstance seems to oppose that promise you are going through so much hurt and pain you are losing loved ones you are experiencing emotional pain you are experiencing physical pain and it seems like there is no end to this and you might seem you might it might make it seem as if there is nothing to hold on to but let me tell you something this is how this is why this blesses us in its absence because it gives us hope now this is why it blesses us. This is why this hope blesses us. Now there are two people. One who has this hope and one who does not have this hope. The one who, who they both go through the same things. They both lose their loved ones. They both through endure pain. They, they both cry tears and everything. But here's the difference between the two. The one who has no hope does not see beyond tomorrow. The one who has no hope only sees their present circumstances. But the one who has this hope, this is why it blesses them. In that even though he has not received it, when he is going through this situation or circumstance, he does not only just see the present situation, but he sees beyond that circumstance. He does not just see the tears, but he sees the one who will wipe away his tears someday. And so that is why this hope blesses him in its absence, because one day he knows that this shall pass away and something else which is everlasting shall come to replace this current situation. And so I'm here to give you only this, this hope that is found in Jesus Christ, that one day our pain and our suffering, that our tears shall not fall on the ground, that Christ shall come and you shall wipe away our tears. You shall, shall give us uh, everlasting life and we shall experience no more pain, no more loss, no more division, no more hurt, no more anger. It shall be a wonderful time when we get to heaven. And how do we know that this will happen? Because he said it. And because he said it, then we know that he will do it. And so we enter this battlefield already having the results that we shall come victorious in this battlefield. So hold on a little bit longer. Tomorrow is coming. We have this hope. Amen. Amen.